Good morning and greetings in Jesus' name this morning. Good to see each one of you here this morning. And brought back some memories for me when I met Brother Jim Whitmer. Then about 35 years ago that I preached for a week at Garber's and I met Jim then, probably uh, ate a meal at his house. don't specifically remember that, but <clears throat> I remember meeting the family. This morning, uh, on the way here, uh, we were driving along, and all at once there was a uh, little flash of movement to my left and a bird came out. He was going across the road in front of us. Then he uh, saw us and he decided he'd better go up. He didn't make it. Uh, I don't know what he was, uh, just a little fella, maybe a Carolina wren or whatever. And uh, I'm assuming that he hit the road behind us. And I told Carol, uh, well, the Lord saw that. He says in his word uh, that uh, a sparrow won't fall to the ground, but what he knows, it, you'll see it. That's not why Jesus died. Not, not for that sparrow. He said, you're of more value than many sparrows. It's for us that he died and rose. It's... It's our privilege to have him as our Lord. <clears throat> I'd like to uh, take you this morning to uh, Luke 24 for uh, a start. And uh, <clears throat> first, uh, I'd like to look at, uh, at the resurrection itself, uh, read about it here from <laughs> Luke 24 and a couple of verses from 23. And uh, then I'd like to look at a few of those uh, scriptures probably that the Lord uh, looked at when he walked with those two on the road. When they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? <laughs> uh, I suppose you all have had that experience. I have to sit down and, and hear somebody uh, expound the scriptures and, and your heart burns within you. Uh, it sets, it kindles a fire in there to uh, hear uh, what he did. Well, <clears throat> I'd uh, like to look at a few of those scriptures, that, but then I'd like to go back to the New Testament again after I do that and and look at what that uh, might mean or what it could mean or what it should mean for us. All right, uh, starting in uh, verse 55 of chapter 23, and I want to get those just to get the, the background of uh, what's going on in, verse, in 24. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. 
Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto, the, unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again? And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all those things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said, un, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto, unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yes, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? 
And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a an honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. <laughs> An exciting story, a beautiful story. <clears throat> and uh, several things uh, that stood out to me. Uh, verse 5 says, uh, the angel said, Why seek ye the living? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Uh, look for the living where the living are. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, then, of course, the uh, the, the uh, words of Christ to uh, these men, and uh, uh, Christ was uh, pretty blunt sometimes when he said, uh, "Fools and slow of heart to believe all that the Scriptures have said." Uh, those things, those things need to be fulfilled. In our Sunday school class this morning, uh, we uh, had a good discussion, uh, had a, a lot of uh, good thoughts given. Uh, and uh, one of the questions was, uh, what are the, or uh, are, are there things, or what are the things that uh, keep us from that prevent us from witnessing of Christ or something to that effect? Well, really, uh, there's nothing that, uh, that should, nothing that can if we uh, are in touch with the Lord, but uh, 
my thought was that uh, uh, Mark was asking for a confession when, because, uh, you know, we fail. We do. But we don't have to. It's all there. Just, uh, just think of, uh, of all the things that you know of that Christ has done in your life and in those around you. If he hasn't done something, you're on the outside looking in. Uh, if, uh, if we have uh, not experienced uh, Jesus Christ, if, uh, if he hasn't done something in our lives, if, he ha if we haven't seen his, uh, his moving in the lives of ourselves and those around us, we have major problems. We'd better get right with the Lord. <clears throat> I was thinking of uh, several men in relation to this lesson. I think of one man uh, who uh, was in his 60s. A man... Uh, never went to church more than, not more than once a year in his life. Uh, Hard-working, honest man, but uh, did his share of drinking and all the things that uh, worldly people do. And uh, in his 60s, he came face to face with reality and gave his heart to the Lord and uh, made reconciliation with uh, his fellow man. And, and the power of Jesus Christ was uh, real in that man's life. Before he came to know the Lord, he loved to uh, look at... Uh, What's the word for it? Uh, the uh, stories on TV. <clears throat> anyway, doesn't make any difference, but he got saved. And he never watched another one. I don't think anybody told him that uh, you don't do that. But he knew that uh, when uh, Christ is Lord... It makes a difference. You follow the Lord. And he didn't. Uh, he loved to read uh, Zane Gray westerns. And I know what they are. I've read them. He never read another one. He was. It was Jesus Christ. His uh, friends came to visit. He, he had cancer. He was facing death. His friends came to visit him, and he testified to them of the Lord. Men that had known him, they were, uh, in the words of one person, shell-shocked at uh, the change of his life. I, I, I saw that. How can you help? Uh, not only can, can you experience it in your life, you can see it all around. Yes. He did rise. We, uh, in our class, uh, it came out, we, 
we weren't there at the tomb. But we are witnesses. We have seen his power. We've experienced it. We must talk about it. Those disciples said uh, to the uh, chief priests and the, whoever, the Sanhedrin, they said, we can't keep from talking about it. We've got to talk about it. Uh, so do we. We must. And we, we're not so good at it. A number of years ago, uh, I don't suppose many of you know Victor Ovalle from Guatemala. A number of years ago, he was at Bethesda for a meeting, and uh, uh, whether it was in the service or in conversation with Victor, he was talking about stopping at a, uh, an auto parts store close there and, uh, and talking to the clerk there about the Lord. I'd been in that auto parts store lots of times, and I don't know whether I ever talked to that lady about the Lord. And Victor walked in there and talked to her about it. That's why Victor is an evangelist and a missionary. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. He's made a difference in a lot of people's lives. So can we. The same power is available to us. Sure is. If we don't have that, it's our fault. Well, let's go on back now. I told you I would uh, go back to some of the Old Testament scriptures, just a couple of them. <clears throat> Elementary, in, uh, in chapter 3, after uh, Adam and Eve uh, sinned and spoiled it all, there's that verse 15 in chapter 3 of Genesis. God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. The woman's seed will bruise thy head. Do irreparable damage to your kingdom, Satan. That's the seed of the woman that's going to do that. That was pointing forward to Jesus Christ. It was pointing forward to the resurrection. Thou shalt bruise his heel, you'll do your damage, but he will have the upper hand. Yes, he will. <clears throat> Compare that with uh, Acts uh, chapter 3 and uh, uh, verses uh, 22 and 23, <clears throat> where it says, and it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear, whoops, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the wrong uh, place right now. Let's go to, to, uh, to uh, Deuteronomy 18.15 first, and then I'll take you back there to Acts 3. Deuteronomy 18. In verse 15, it says this, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him shall, you shall hearken. According to all that thou desiredst of the Lord thy God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, 
Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire anymore that I die not. Remember uh, at Mount Sinai when uh, it thundered and it got dark and the fire burned and, and they were scared. They heard the voice of the Lord and they said, Moses, tell him not to talk to us anymore. Uh, you, you talk to him and tell us what he said. Well, we're afraid. God said, it's all right. And the Lord said unto me, they have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise up them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I commanded him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words which he shall, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Now let's go back to Acts 3 and, and pick it up there in verses 22 and 23. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. The Old Testament uh, is full of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ is, uh, is the subject of the scriptures from one end to the other. Uh, and, and here, uh, God said he will be like Moses. He will talk face to face. He will have communication with me. Uh, we'll talk. We will communicate, and he'll communicate my message to you. In John 1, he's called the Word, and there's a reason for that. It's because he is the perfect communication of God to man. He is the ultimate communication from God to man. He's the best that God could do to communicate what God's message was to us, the, God, the message of love, the message of uh, salvation, the message of redemption, the best he could do was Jesus Christ, and he did it by teaching, and then by dying, and then by rising from the dead, and then finally ascending. <clears throat> but he communicated. Then verse 23 said, every soul that will not hear that prophet, if they won't accept what I communicate to them through the word, the, that living word, they're going to be divided. Yes, they will. <clears throat> that division is going on today. Every soul that doesn't hear Jesus Christ when he speaks is destroyed from among the people. He can have a... He can have a a choice to come back until the day he dies. But he is not a part of God's people. If he, if he doesn't believe, there's no other way. No other way. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter 4, whichever verse that is. Let's go to Isaiah. Just a couple of uh, these uh, Old Testament scriptures that talk of Christ and his resurrection. 
<clears throat> Isaiah 55. Verses 3 through 5. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. The sure mercies of David. What's the sure mercies of David? If you would go back to uh, the 13th chapter of Acts. Uh, probably a 13th or 14th and listen to uh, Paul's sermon there in the book of Acts he tells us that uh, the sure mercies of David is a prophecy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ what was he referring to uh, go back to uh, 2 Samuel 7 where David said uh, to Nathan Nathan uh, I'm going to, I'd like to build God a house. And Nathan said, go ahead, do it. But then uh, that night, God said, uh, Nathan, go back and tell David, no, uh, not you. Uh, your offspring will build a house for me. David said, I'd like to build God a house. But God said, I'll build you a house, David. <laughs> and uh, we're talking about two different kinds of houses. David had in mind that uh, magnificent temple. Boy, he wanted to make it uh, the best he could. He made preparations for it. <clears throat> but God said, I'll, I'll make a household for you. I'll make a place of eternal Redemption, an eternal dwelling for you, David, through your offspring. God uh, set up Saul, and, and uh, Saul didn't do what God wanted him to do. He, de he deviated, he departed. And, uh, and God took his mercy from Saul, okay? But God said... Uh, David, I'll never take my mercies from your seed. And he was looking forward to Jesus Christ. Paul there in, in his sermon in the book of Acts said that referred the mercies, the sure mercies of David, spoken of here in Isaiah, referred to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It needed a person who would live forever. That was Christ. It needed a king who would never die. Isaiah 55 refers to the resurrection of Christ. It, the Old Testament is full of it. But let's go to the new. That's, uh, that's, where the, uh, that's where the best of it is. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. I'd like to begin reading at verse 13 here in Romans 4 and read through a little bit of the fifth. Romans 4.13 says, For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. 
because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was uh, imputed unto him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now catch the next two verses carefully. Who was, talking about Jesus, delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, back to verse 25 who was delivered for our offenses. Jesus Christ was crucified on account of the debt of sin that everybody in the world had. He was crucified to satisfy God's righteous requirements for sin. He was delivered for our offenses. Then it says, and was raised again for our justification. Justification. Justification means being brought into right relationship with God. He was raised for our justification. How did that happen? How does that happen by the resurrection? Look at the next verse now. Therefore being justified by faith. Now, now, uh, we're justified by the resurrection. And then it says we're justified by faith. Now, uh, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a deep thinker, okay? <laughs> uh, but it, uh, I'll tell you what I see here, and if you disagree, that's, that's all right. You can disagree. But, but what I see here is that the resurrection is the thing that gives us faith. When, when Christ, and he was the only one who ever rose from the dead. Okay, there were others who were raised, okay. I don't suppose that there is another, uh, another historical fact that has the amount of documentation 
from 2,000 years ago that uh, the resurrection of Christ has. Uh, you could uh, look back at, uh, and we'll look back there, at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection chapter, okay? And I'm not going to dwell a lot in that chapter, but uh, some interesting things there. Let's look at verses 5 and 6 in 1 Corinthians 15. It says uh, of Christ's resurrection that he was seen of Cephas, Peter, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of about five, above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James and then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. I don't know uh, where all those people were. I don't know who they all were. God knows. But there is documentation for his resurrection. There is documentation for the fact that he rose from the dead. I said here, and I remember that uh, sermon. I don't suppose many of you remember it. Uh, that uh, there were two people at the crucifixion that I believe knew better than anyone else what was, what, who Jesus Christ was and what was going on there. One was the thief on the cross. That man was dying. And he knew that Jesus was dying. But he said, when you come into your kingdom, he looked past that cross. When you... When you get past this, Lord, don't forget about me. I, I know that you're the Lord. And Jesus said, you can be with me today. The other man that knew what was going on there was Pilate. Pilate said, the man's not guilty. Three times he said, the man isn't guilty. His wife sent him, don't have anything to do with that just person. I've dreamed about him. Pilate asked him, are you a king? And Jesus said, uh, yes, I'm a king. But I'm not a threat to you, Pilate. And Pilate knew it. When the Jews said, uh, put a seal on that tomb. Set a watch so that uh, the uh, the Disciples don't come and steal him. Pilate said, go ahead, make it as sure as you can. Pilate knew who he was, but Pilate had position. He had authority. He wasn't willing to give it up. Those two men both, I think, knew what was going on there. One made the right decision and the other one Go back again to uh, Romans 4. <clears throat> In uh, verses 22, 
through 24, it says this. And therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed unto him. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Uh, Abraham believed God. And it, uh, it was credited to him as righteousness. His faith was credited as righteous. He believed God. God said to Abraham, move. And he moved. Said it, it said he didn't know where he was going, but, but he went. Now, uh, do you know where you're going? And uh, yeah. You know, we, uh, we kind of enjoy if we know where we're going and, and if we can plan how it's going to happen and so on. And Abraham didn't know how this was going to turn out. All he knew was that God said move. And so he moved. That was faith. It was the kind of faith that God said uh, it proved that this man really does believe. He really does. And then uh, Abraham, it talks about uh, when he was 100 years old and God said, uh, Abraham, you're going to have a son. And uh, it says Abraham laughed. And uh, Sarah was uh, listening in the tent uh, behind and she laughed also and, and uh, God had a little a few words for her, but <clears throat> but it says here that uh, Abram believed it. He couldn't. It was hard, but 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 he believed it. And and God sent Isaac, the the son of promise, the one that uh, that God said he he is the one through whom uh, you will inherit the world. <laughs> All those nations. You'll be the father of many nations. That's to be, to be through Isaac, okay? And then God said, take him out and sacrifice him. Because of Abraham's faith, he could do that. Uh, I'm sure it looked like a dead end to Abraham. Abraham but but uh, it said he... Uh, he believed that God could raise him from the dead. In other words, he believed that God could still use Isaac even though uh, he was going to sacrifice him. Made a beautiful picture of the resurrection of our Lord <laughs> and the sacrificing of uh, that father for that son. But it was imputed to Abraham for righteousness. It was credited to him as righteousness. He was justified before God because he believed God and he did what God told him to do. So, uh, faith. Now, remember, I said faith comes to us because of the resurrection. The resurrection is the one thing I believe that, that has... Uh, 
it does more, <laughs> does more for uh, probably for bringing us to faith than anything else. And so uh, in these two verses that I was uh, particularly dwelling on, chapter Romans 4, 25 and, and 5, 1, to me it's an indication that uh, the resurrection does more for our faith than anything else. And so uh, faith brings justification, and justification is peace with God. And uh, a person that uh, is uh, in touch and in tune with God is not easy to shake. Friday evening, we had a Good Friday service at the bank, and uh, Jeff Messenger preached the message there, and <clears throat> it, it was typical Jeff, okay? It was good. He started out by uh, giving Christ's invitation in Matthew chapter 11, where uh, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and so on. I'm, uh, quite an invitation. And then uh, during the message, as Jeff went through it, every now and then he'd bring in some of the uh, martyrs from uh, Martyr's Mirror, some of the Anabaptists, some of those men who uh, went willingly to their deaths. But, but, uh, but that, the, this is the easy life. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Whew. Peace with God uh, can do that for us. We're not easily shaken if we're sure that, uh, that uh, God has taken care of it for us and that as uh, Jesus told uh, Martha there in uh, John 11, he that believeth on me, he that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. Never be separated from me. I'll go with you right through death. Peace with God. Courage to face life. That's what we need. Courage to face life. Another thing that uh, faith does is to give us hope. Patience uh, creates experience and experience hope. Let's look at 1 Peter 3. Now remember, I'm, I'm uh, making the connection between the resurrection and faith. And I say the resurrection now gives us hope. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. A hope that is sure, laid up, no doubt it will be there. Absolutely no question about it. The resurrection gives us power, strength and courage for our work, if our work is Christ's work. Going back again to 1 Corinthians, the last couple of verses in the chapter, in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, Verses 57 and 58 say, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I appreciated uh, the emphasis this morning already in Ephesians 2. Let's go back to that one more time. Ephesians 2 and verses 5 and 10. Verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, Jesus has, together with Christ, by grace are you, you are saved. And if we are saved, then verse 10, For, by his workman, for we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus. Create a new creation. Unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Back to uh, another chapter here of, uh, in Philippians, uh, chapter 3. Philippians 3, 10, and 11, that I may know him. Paul speaking, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Resurrection mentioned twice here. There are two different Greek words used. The first one is the one we generally see, and it's used many times in the New Testament. Resurrection, and it means the raising from the dead. The next one, though, is a word that means uh, being raised out from among the dead. Now, there are several different interpretations of that, but, but I'll give you mine again. I'm not a theologian, but I'll tell you what I think it means. I think it means that you and I are made alive and we were brought out of those dead people around us 
and we're alive now and we're supposed to be showing that life to those around us. And if we would go back to Matthew 28 and the Great Commission, we would uh, see there immediately that uh, Jesus said, I have all the authority of heaven and earth. And I want you to be my witnesses. Christ's resurrection gives us that commission. Gives us hope, gives us courage, gives us peace, gives us justification, right standing with God. Makes us righteous, gives us strength and courage for our work. It gives us all we need. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Father, we thank you for Christ. For the fact that he was delivered, crucified for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Thank you for doing that for us. Help us to be faithful. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.